0: This has been a whole learning curve for me that I feel, A, one, how I've dealt with it is, is recognizing and believing, you know what, this is from the Lord. Um, this whole thing that I'm in right now has just been the Lord's lead in my life. Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and
1: view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who, through their own unique vocations, are seeing what they do make an eternal difference. And we pray these conversations
0: will inspire you in your own calling to honor God, to image Him to the world through your work, and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much
1: for joining us today. Well, everyone, welcome listeners. I am so excited. Of course, I'm Missy Branch, and today I get the wonderful privilege of interviewing my co-host and friend, Courtney Moore. Hey, Courtney. Hello, hello. This is a little nerve-wracking being on this side of the microphone, but I'm excited. (laughs) This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So Courtney Moore is the founder and president of Women in Work, as well as co-host of the Women in Work podcast. She holds a BA in Religious Studies from the University of Mobile and an MA in Biblical Counseling from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Courtney is passionate about seeing Jesus Christ honored by women as they steward their gifts and leverage their unique potential for his glory. She has been married to Brent for 16 years. They have three great kids and live in El Paso, Texas, where Brent pastors Life Church. Yes, Courtney! (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. So we have we get to dive right in. We're going to do our rapid fire questions. Are you ready for those? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. First one. As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay.
0: The first thing that comes to my mind are two things. One was a teacher. My mom was a school teacher and I had a a rather large for kids size chalkboard in my room. And so I would always play <laughs> school, but really I didn't want to be a teacher. I just like playing teacher. I really wanted to be a dentist, Missy. <laughs> there wow. was there was a little time in there. I wanted to be a dentist, but I'll tell you why. Okay. It's, it wasn't that I'm into the medical field at all. <laughs> it literally was because the dentist in my town had the biggest house in my small town, okay? <laughs> he had... <laughs> I would want to be a dentist too. That
1: makes perfect sense.
0: It was a huge three-story mansion in my small hometown. And I thought, yep. That's where I'm hidden. <laughs> Dentistry, it is.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, what was actually your first job? Please don't say dentist. No, no, no.
0: My <laughs> first job, I worked at a car dealership in Tallahassee, Alabama. Oh, cool. So yes, you didn't see that coming, did you, Missy?
1: No, I think that's
0: a first. So we, there was a really precious family in my church who, um, the owner of the car dealership, Mr. Ben Atkinson, um He's gone on to be with the Lord now, but um, he and his wife, Miss Gwen, were just very, very special to me. I was on the youth pastor search committee as a teenager. And <laughs> I <is> so sweet. <laughs> Mr. Ben was also on that committee, and that's how I got to know him. And so after, after we found our youth pastor and called him to the church, um, they were so kind and were like, hey, you probably need a, a job, right? And so they hired me. And so I would I would come over after school and answer the phone or do filing or I would um just I mean that was basically kind of it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a huge job but that was it. But they were just so special. I love it.
1: All right. Third question. What kind of work do you want to be doing when you're 80 years old, my friend? <laughs>
0: All right. When I'm 80 years old, okay, I'll just kind of give you the gut honest my first answer, Missy, is nothing. I really want to be lazy when I'm yes. 80. <laughs> I want to be on a beach somewhere, um, reading fiction and chilling. No, but I mean, I'm going to be productive. uh, Don't worry. I want to serve the Lord. And I don't know. I I wonder at that age, I mean, I want to be involved in my local church. I want to, I want to be doing whatever the Lord wants to be doing when I'm 80.
1: I mean, and most of the women we know have been working hard all their lives, so it's not like we're going to be frowning on anybody who decides to lay on the beach for a few weeks <laughs> at eighty, right? You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay, well, I would love to start learning more about you, or I know about you. I want our listeners to learn more about you. So, tell me, Courtney, a little bit about where you grew up, where you've lived. Um, most of your adult life, but I really want you to share with how you came to faith in Jesus. Yeah, sure. So I grew up
0: in a really small town in Alabama. It's called Tallahassee, Alabama. It looks very similar to Tallahassee. We used to get mail that said Tallahassee, Alabama, but it's not. So it's a town (laughs) of about 10,000. I went to kindergarten with the same people I graduated high school with. So I've just, it's just very, very small. And um, there's like Positives and negatives, of course, with small mm-hmm. town living in the South. Um, so I grew up there, lived most of my adult life. Um, wow. I've, I've been all over, Missy. I've been all over. I mean, you know, after college, I was a, um, a missionary to Costa Rica. So I spent two wow. years in Costa Rica, learned Spanish there, then came back, lived in Kentucky where I got my degree from um, seminary met my husband there and then together we have lived now with children all these years. Let me think. We've lived in Tennessee, we've lived mm-hmm. in Mississippi, we've lived now in Texas. So we've done quite a bit of moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here we are now, right now. I'm currently in the desert. I've never lived in the desert, but it's <laughs> fabulous and, and hot, but not humid. I can't wait to
1: visit you in It's a desert. dry heat. It's a dry heat, Missy. It's 104 today, but it's, it feels good. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I can't, I can't make my mind say 104 and feels good. I don't know. You know but what I, I, love you. I love it.
0: I love it. I really, I can't stand being cold. So it works out.
1: Okay. Well, tell us how you um, came to know Jesus.
0: So I came to faith in Jesus through vacation Bible school, actually, as a nine-year-old child. So my I mom my mom was faithful to take my brother and I to church um, all growing up. And so I knew about Jesus my whole entire life. And then finally, I think it was like fourth grade, um, our pastor asked us if, um, raise our hand if we had never sinned. And I knew, I was like, no, I've, mm-hmm. I've not obeyed my mama. I hadn't cleaned my room when I was supposed to. And there was this one girl sitting in front of me. And for people from Tallahassee, you know, Holly Stitchcomb. Holly Stitchcomb raised her hand. She was the one girl in there who raised her hand and and said she had never seen it. And in my mind, I was like, Holly, come on. And it was really through that moment of recognizing my own sin and, and realizing through his gospel presentation that I needed forgiveness of my sin. It wasn't just that that Jesus died on the cross for the sins Mm -hmm. of many, but like, no, mine. And it was just that nine-year-old childlike faith that said, I need forgiveness. And it was through that, that I repented of my sins and and placed my faith in him and was baptized not soon after. So you got to give credit to. So Vacation Bible School,
1: right here we are in the yeah. summer. <laughs> Good old Vacation Bible School. I, I have fond memories of EBS. Okay, so I want to start off with a few fun questions, right? Okay. So let's get the, let's prime the pump. So uh-huh. what, what brings you joy outside of salvation and no, knowing you get to spend your eternity with your Savior? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. What brings you joy? And when you think, I'm thinking about like, Things that remind you that life is a gift from God for mm. you to be intentional to enjoy him, Okay. This is great. One of the
0: things that I really enjoy is conversations like this with you, Missy. I really mm. love women. I really, I think uh-huh. um, after COVID especially, I feel like, and even I feel like since we've moved to El Paso, even being really far from people that have meant so much to me most of my life. I really miss um, that connection. And so like when, when I got to spend March with you at Cultivate at the conference yes. at Southeastern, like I, that fed me. So, I mean, I just, I thrive off of life-giving conversation with like-minded women. Um, So that's a big one for me, but also just the that. small things like... I mean right now i'm I'm having a cup of joe, I mean coffee, missy. It's like <laughs> it's like my best friend, right I mean, I just really thank God for coffee. I love it um and so we can do
1: it in that regard so I, know, I, know I mean, I good. know
0: a lot of people do, but you know it's yes. just like the pleasures one of the pleasures of life right. but I mean, I just love i love the sunshine, I love the ocean, i love just i love i don't know being outside when it's um not too buggy.
1: Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, so anyway, those are some pleasures. So what does your morning routine look like? I know you're a mom and yeah, kids and you're a woman, you, when, all women multitask. Absolutely. What does your morning routine look like?
0: Okay. Well, when I'm on my game, right. When I'm, when I'm firing on all cylinders here, mm-hmm. um, I have learned, I, okay. I have never been called a morning person, Missy. Like I have always been a night owl. And Mm -hmm. so I have discovered, though, if I do not get up before my kids, um, especially now in the summer, I mean, this has been Mm -hmm. tough because everybody's staying up later, including Mm me. But if I get up before them and just meet with the Lord first thing, I got my coffee and I got my journal and I got my Bible, like that time for me is it is like literally my sanity. Well, like when I tell you I I do not think straight, (laughs) (laughs) I I genuinely can't it sounds so like I'm making this up, but it is, it is true. Like if I have not like sat and journaled and gotten some of these thoughts out and like prayed some of this stuff um, I get, I really need that time with him. And so that's really huge for me is like coffee and Jesus right in the morning. One of the other things I have probably like over a year now, Sometimes more consistently than others. It's just like exercise. Um, I really Mm -hmm. need it. I really need Mm -hmm. to move my body. And I have rheumatoid arthritis, actually. And so um, moving helps me actually feel better. It actually gives me more energy, too. So it seems like a contradiction to go spend energy to gain it. But you really do. So anyway, it's one of the things.
1: It's interesting. I believe in exercise, but I'm a night owl, so I don't like to exercise in the morning. I don't Does know Does it what keep is. you
0: up doing it late at night? Because I have done it at night before, and, it, and then I'm like wired for like two hours after that.
1: No, usually right after I work out, I go take my shower, you,
0: you know, I'm down. doing my
1: whole thing, face yeah. routine, brush my teeth, lotion up, and then it brings, it calms down. And then I slip into the bed feeling like, oh, nice, ah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, and somewhere in my mind, I'm telling myself that I'm burning off all the things I ate today. <laughs> oh, I do love that. You probably wake up and feel really slim. Yes. Okay. I may
0: try that this summer because with kids home, okay. it's harder. It's harder to get yes, there. Yes, you
1: can't do but so many things in the morning before they're yeah. up, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I remember in a previous episode, I don't know if it's aired or not yet, but I remember we were talking about leadership and a thing that you said about yourself is that you never saw yourself being a leader. Um, how have you gained confidence to step into this role? Considering for you, leadership was a thing you did from time to time, not who you are? Missy, it has been
0: interesting and hard, I will tell you. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I, I did not view myself as a leader. And I think probably mm. a lot of women are like me and and probably don't they look around and they say, okay, this is a leader. A leader looks like this. You're a type A personality. You're very good at details. You're loud. You know, you're commanding, you're charismatic, you're Mm -hmm. charming, you're all of these things. And I did not see myself that way. Even though I had led some things, it was just felt like a one-off. And so for this has been a whole learning curve for me that I feel... A one, how I've dealt with it is, is recognizing and believing, you know what, this is from the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. this whole thing that I'm in right now is just been the Lord's lead in my life. And so having that confidence that he's gone before me, he is before me and I am following after him has given me the confidence to, to try really just to try to, to just do it. <laughs> when people come and they ask me to do things, like actually saying yes to opportunities that involve risk, that that I don't know I could sink or swim here. This could be a big fat failure. <laughs> but I f- believe the Lord is opening those doors and he's he's saying, step through this. This you'd saying yes to this and and holding your shoulders back and saying, you know, the Lord is with me. He's gone before me. He's prepared me for this moment. This is one of the ways, one of the avenues in which He is molding me to become who He wants me to be, the kind of woman who He wants me to be. And so, for women listening, I I hope they'll take those steps of yes, even when they feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I've got this. I, I don't feel qualified. I don't know if I can walk into it. But it's so interesting when the Lord leads you. You say yes and then it didn't it never goes as bad as I think it's gonna go.
1: Is <laughs> that know make what sense? I love? <laughs> yes, and you know what I love is I've heard you I just heard you use the word risk and I heard you use like The thing that's coming to mind is how we often think that risk and fear can't be in the same space, right? We often think that courage and fear can't be in the same space, but I can be feeling fear and still have the courage to run out and like rescue somebody who's drowning, right? Right. And I can feel fear and I can still make a move that is risky. And so that those things don't have to like, oh, I can't do it because I'm afraid. No, no. Take that fear and let that propel you into, you know what I'm saying, the thing. And we're not saying things that are unwise, but I just think that that's so freeing that you could say, I didn't see it. I was even afraid. But for some reason, I felt like, go take this risk.
0: Well, and the other thing that has also been helpful is meeting women who they affirm that leadership in me. It's almost like their faith emboldens, emboldens mine. That sounds weird. I know Christian circles. We the whole believe in yourself is not doesn't sound Christian, but the fact that they do, they see in me some leadership skills, and they are they are counting on me. They believe in me. It's like, oh, okay. Well, if they think I can do it, maybe I can do
1: it. So that's actually well. What you're describing is very Christian. It's living in community and it's letting your community affirm things in you that maybe you couldn't see in you and that you would have never seen had not godly, wise, um, invested women said to you, no girl, go do this. You got this. So yeah, I think that's great. (laughs) Okay. So then how does someone who hasn't seen themselves as a leader, um, well, I sort of know it because you said you'll take risks, but how... So how did you wind up at starting Women in Work? And why did you start Women in Work? Yeah,
0: no, of course. It's um, definitely been a part of my life that I just never saw coming. And I know there are women out there listening right now who are like, you just never saw this coming. You just did not know the <laughs> Lord was going to put this in front of you to walk in. Um, that was me. So I, Missy, several things kind of came at a head all together. Okay. Okay. So one was... Um, I, ha- I kind of came out of a Christian circle, a Christian community that I don't know if it was really explicitly taught, Missy, or if I just picked up on it. Right. Where mm-hmm. really it seemed like the pinnacle of godly biblical womanhood was you have to be married. Right. That's number mm-hmm. one. And you have to be a mother. Right. And marriage mm-hmm. and motherhood were, that was it for me. I, I, From the time, I mean, I don't know. I only wanted to be a wife. I really only wanted I felt called to ministry in high school, but I wanted to marry a man in ministry because I wanted to do ministry with, with this guy serving the Lord and saw my whole call, frankly, wrapped up in this, my future husband's call. Right. And so when I got married, that's exactly the role I took. And so I did marry a man in ministry. He's Served in various roles. And before we had kids, it kind of worked out, right? Where I could serve with him and that kind of thing. But there came a point where I was beginning to see, you know what? I'm not using my gifts. How um, I I was at home with my kids. I'm loving my children, obviously. Um, But seeing I'm actually not a great homemaker like I thought I was going to (laughs) be, I'm not (laughs) as domesticated as I assumed I would be. Uh, I don't even know why I assumed it, Missy, because I never cooked in the
1: first place. I never. You know, like, isn't it crazy how you can feel bad because you're like, I just don't love doing laundry, Lord, and I'm supposed to love this
0: laundry. I just don't love it. I don't even mind the laundry. It's really, it's the coming up with the menu is so hard for me. Oh, the weekly gosh, menu I mean, is like
1: a thorn in my side. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but after like 20 years of that mess, you're like, what else is there to even make? I know. We're right? okay. <laughs> I mean, Tuesday, we're having tacos.
0: Like, I don't have to think about that, right? <laughs> so I think it yes. was the culmination of realizing, you know what, there are things in me. God is stirring up some things in me to, like, maybe he could use me in ways I didn't think of before. So there's like, this personal thing. And then there was just some other, I'm seeing women around me who are feeling the same way, you know? And then besides that, I'm also looking at at Christian bookstores, and there's a ton of material for bi- Bible studies, there's a ton of material for resources for moms out there, but not a huge amount of resources and help for women in the workplace, women working. And all that kind of right. came together. I had gotten a a job um, where I was doing some writing. Somebody was actually paying me money to write, and it just brought me to life. And so
1: wow. that
0: work lane, it was like the first professional job I had, right? And I'm like in my thirties by this point. And so that prof- professional thing became awakened. And I was like, something's got to happen here. And I just felt really compelled um, that maybe the Lord could use me. Maybe God could use me to just begin the conversation. So
1: I love that. Okay. So then my next question comes from that. So the vision of Women in Work is Women in Work exists to see women confidently step into their God-given calling and view their work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. How, Courtney, do you see yourself living out that vision in your own life? Yeah, I know.
0: Um, in a lot of ways, Missy. I mean, I feel like the work that we do with women in work, I am kind of embodying that vision statement um, to see women confidently step into. And when I just think, even just that phrase, the step is a step of faith, right? You yeah. are stepping by faith. You don't know. You're going to take that step. It feels like you're stepping off a cliff. Um, could be risky. it could be right <laughs> if the lord's calling you it's it's a god-given calling he's calling you you're not just like out there you know contributing to the whole hustle culture of instagram no he's calling right. you to, he's compelling you he's put something on you he's he's combining your your passion and the needs of the world and your your giftedness he's calling you to do it you're feeling compelled to do it but it's by faith and you're doing it with confidence you're stepping into it and so for me it's it's all of those things, the work with women and work. I'm following his lead. I'm stepping into it with faith. And, and I'm seeing that, you know what, this podcast even, it is actually making a difference in what God is doing in the lives of women in the kingdom. And um, mm-hmm. it, it it actually matters. And so it's honestly such a privilege and a joy. It's such a joy to to take those steps of faith and to see him honor that when we're leaning on him. And so, Um, that's what I want for all women. I want these women, I want all of you listeners doing this, like follow him and step into it by faith.
1: I really love confidently and step Mm -hmm. because I agree with you. I think when sometimes when we either dream of being moms or we wind up by whatever reason, almost being all consumed by being a wife and a mom, that's great. No doubt about it. I always encourage women that their children should see them doing something other than just being their mom. Just serving. Their children should see them serving, should see them discipling, should see them leading, should see them creating because... Our um, life's work. God had a plan for you and created you to be something in particular, yes. and that thing is not supposed to only be the parasite on all of everybody else in your home's dream. Right? Exactly. You don't just hop on her dream and let me help you and let me like. But you are to be something, and they need to see that so that they can see that reflected in themselves. Oh, there is a design for me, and in that design, I can also dot dot dot, and I can gladly serve as dot 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 and i can happily give my life as dot 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 but then i can go and be the thing that i know i'm supposed to be and so i love that confidently and stepping okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i do have some um some questions i might get a little spicy here but i'm i'm <laughs> just going to warn you cuz so okay. you can start thinking so but before we even get there what do you think I don't know. This is not spicy per se, but what do you think keeps women from fulfilling God's call on their life? Like, what do you think is the barrier and how can they step more into what he is leading them towards no matter who they are? Okay. No, that's great. Um, I think there's several things that, that women
0: get tripped up on to, to take those steps of, of faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, and it was the same for me, it's just limiting views of themselves and their potential. It's just, mm-hmm. I think our kind of go-to thoughts are are, are negative instead of positive, right? Our just mm-hmm. go-to, it's, unless you're like, what, an Enneagram 8, maybe? I mean, you're not just bounding <laughs> out with confidence, right? I think we all see we all look at everybody else and think they've got it together. And when we look at ourselves, we, we see our shortcomings. Right. And so I just think not realizing and not believing, no, like God could use me in some ways um, that I haven't thought of or even imagined, Right. So that's a big one. Um, The next thing I would say is just season of life. There are a lot of moms right now in the trenches who truly feel called to parent those little ones. You've got babies and you got one chance with them while they're tiny to love them and invest in them. Um, and so you're in a season of life where maybe you've got some passions that are having to sit tight for a minute because you, you do, you, you have a responsibility to love your little ones. So I would just tell those women, like, listen, when you're in that season, find ways to be faithful to, to try to use some of those gifts that you feel called to and prepare, like prepare for what's to come, read, listen to podcasts, find ways, try network, Build relationships with women in those spaces that you you feel called to. Right, um, go ahead.
1: But let me let me interject too, just on that season of life. I was just talking to a young lady who the season of life she's in is caregiving for her parents. So her parents are not even that old, but they've been through things and she has to care for them. So her life feels on hold. And I think that there are so many ways that we forget it's a season. Like I'm a student right now. I can't run and do all these things. Or I have just started this job and now I need to be so focused on training and learning it that I cannot be the creative that I really want to be on all my when I'm clicking on all cylinders. So I do think that sometimes we think just mom of little's but then you think no there are so many other times in our lives where I want to be out doing all these things I just can't because this season of life just doesn't let me.
0: Well and I feel like too we forget it sounds like you know life's over there. But actually life life <laughs> is happening in that season in that yes. waiting. It might be might feel like you're waiting but all of what you're doing in that season is becoming God is using that to again help sanctify you and help you become more, just who He wants you to be. And so, learn the lessons, learn the, learn the Perfect. patience, learn yes. the, whatever it is coming your way, so that um, that it's not wasted. You're not constantly mm-hmm. just just looking for. Another thing I mm-hmm. think kind of keeps women from stepping into it, it could be finances. Like if if there's a, um, a woman listening to this and like you're working full time in a job you don't even like because your husband's in seminary and you're helping to pay for seminary, uh, it's just not your time. And so all the money spent on that, you know, there's just there's some things like you just don't have the means yet. Um, fear is another one. I always think about the the, the talent, um, the parable of the talents where, you know, the master gave all these talents and the the one servant. Instead of in, um, investing in, and making more off of it, he hid it out of fear. And he was the one who yes. did not receive yes. the well done, my good and faithful servant. So those are some things I think that are keeping women, um, keeping them, holding them back.
1: That is so, uh, so helpful, Courtney. Okay. We did an interview with Sheila West and, you know, I mean, Miss Sheila, she was just, she was great. she's just, in, she was her. incredible. Um, but one of the things she said that it was actually freeing for me was that there's really no such thing as balance. Like we just can't, like, who does that? How do we live in balance? So my question for you that there are a lot of women who are working who are working both outside the home or who have nowadays who have stay-at-home jobs, like you work from home, or people who are starting their own nonprofits, things like that. How how do people pull it off? How do you pull it all off? I know you are a pastor's wife. You lead this nonprofit. You're on this podcast. You write. You do all these things. You're a wife and a mom. How do you pull it all off?
0: Okay. Well, I do not do it well, (laughs) Missy. Um, I am not super, I'm not type a, I'm not, um, super organized. I'm not your man. I'm, you know, I'm just not super disciplined to do all the things. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so for me, a lot of it is trial and error. It is, um, giving it a shot and figuring out, did this work or did this not? If it doesn't work, okay, well, that didn't work. So I got to, I got to fix that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. If it did work. Okay. We're going to repeat that. But part of figuring out what works and what doesn't is, is identifying what your priorities are. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if they're, you know, you have certain priorities that you have to do. And so if whether it's family, kids, husband, work, all the things, church, Um, so there are a lot of opportunities to say yes. And a lot of opportunities to say no. And we, I mean, we want to serve, we want to love, we want to do all the things, but identifying what your priorities are. And a lot of times your priorities are going to line up with how, how the Lord is leading and some non-negotiables like your family. Um, and so if there's a, a ministry lane that he's got you in, or it doesn't have to be ministry. I mean, just, just a lane that he's growing you in. He's you can see he's developing you in this specific, specific way. Those are going to be my yeses. Those are going to be, mm-hmm. okay, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I need more training in that. Yeah. I'm saying yes to that. Or here's an opportunity to give, and this is in this um, specific lane. Um, so that's going to help us because immediately, I don't know about you, Missy, but it's like, if I say a yes to something, that's like kind of out there. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's a good thing. You, you want to serve because you, you want to love, um, But immediately I'm just like, no, I, this wasn't, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done this because now I'm saying no to another (laughs) responsibility that actually was in my lane. Um, I will say that my kids being in school, my youngest is in preschool. Um, and so she's actually, I mean, it's summer right now while we're recording this. So summer is always tough with kids, but, um, Having them in school is freeing me up quite a bit to do some of these non-family um, obligations. And then I will tell you, my husband, he is a great help here. And so he, I mean, just for example, right now while we're doing this podcast, he's he's down there with the kids um, taking care of them. So um, that's a huge, uh, just that my husband is willing to um, step in and, and do some things that frees me up. It's huge.
1: That's great. Okay. So you brought up your husband. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about marriage. Okay. okay. All right. So I want to ask you, Courtney, sometimes as women who work or are in whatever that work looks like, we can see how um, our work can have a different impact on our relationship in marriage sometimes. And Maybe an unexpected impacts, like what happens when I thought this was going to be just a little part-time job, and now I'm now a CEO, or I thought this was just going to be a little blog, and people are asking me to write books, and it's on the New York Times bestseller list, or you know what I'm saying? Those kinds of yeah. things, when the experiences begin to really catapult you into something and God is honoring it, what kind of impact does that have? Have you experienced that having a marriage? Yeah, I know. That's a good question. So women in work, <laughs> it's funny because I
0: would have never had the courage to start this on my own, even though the Lord was stirring all those things in me to possibly serve women in this way. I mean, if it were not for my husband and him really pushing me like, Courtney, are you going to do this? Like, I i think this is a need. I think God could use you. Um, if he had not really pushed me and believed I could do it, I don't know if I ever would have. So this whole thing really was, 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 I won't say totally his idea, but I mean, it really um, was a huge factor in women at work. So the beginning. Great. So, um, so that was huge. Now on the flip side of that, that doesn't mean though, Missy, that it's all just <laughs> <laughs> icing and roses, right? I mean, right. Um, it's hard because I don't know if when he, was encouraging me to begin this. I don't know if he quite had the vision of what it could be and the time involved it would take. um, Like I did, I really, Mm -hmm. I knew, okay, if I say yes to this, if this is, if this is what the Lord's leading and I say, yes, I had a big vision for what I wanted it to be. And so I think his vision was probably a tiny bit smaller. And so it's been an adjustment, honestly, that that would be, I would say a huge, it's been a pivot um, because I mean, you know, your husband's doing a lot of things too, Missy, where our whole marriage really until Women in Work began, our whole marriage, I was the one who mainly adjusted to his schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's, it's, you know, when you have a husband in ministry, there's there's um, dinners, there's meetings after in the evening, there's all kind of um, just so many nights that he's not at home and you're, you know, doing the kids by yourself or There's Sunday, every Sunday morning for the last, our entire marriage, um, Mm -hmm. especially with kids, I'm, I'm getting the three kids dressed by myself. I'm taking them to church by myself and it's hard. Sunday mornings are probably our hardest time. And so it's been an adjustment now for him to now have to, we have to look at our schedules together and say, um, okay, I need you watching the kids while I'm doing this podcast with Missy today. And so it's been a pivot for him, um, Mm -hmm it hasn't always been easy. There are times Mm -hmm. when, um, it's been, it's been tough. It's been hard. And so we've had to have conversations and to figure out, well, this is something we didn't see coming, um, to this extent. Right. And, um, I would say for women who are kind of in that season, encourage, encourage, you be honest with him, encourage him to be honest with you. And if you can't get it worked out, you know, That's why
1: they invented counselors, Missy. (laughs) Go see one. (laughs) But I think this is so helpful because like that's marriage. Like you're not saying, okay, chuck our marriage and go make my podcast be great. You're saying like we gotta wrestle through this. Yes. I think in life we all write the proverbial check that we're not prepared to cash later, right? (laughs) Oh, I told you to do this. I wasn't I didn't realize that it would be this much. And but I think that we need to have space for that for our, the relationships in our life who, that we really, they didn't see it. So as we adjust, they have to adjust too. Right. 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 Okay. I'm going to be transparent. I remember seasons when my kids were really small, and my husband is what, in my p- mind, was jet setting around the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> as a rapper.
1: <laughs> so really, right. Really, he's doing ministry. He is pretty no nonsense. But, um, I remember struggling at times with jealousy, not because I didn't love being, doing what I was doing, like what I was doing was work, but also the lunches out and the new clothes that are write-offs or the (laughs) people actually knowing your name or getting dressed every day or, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, (laughs) all of those things, I did struggle with jealousy. Has that happened at all in your marriage? And how have you and Brent dealt with that? Whether the jealousy is my husband struggling with my success or me struggling with my husband's success? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's interesting, I think, because
0: as I mentioned early in our marriage, I really had very little ambition apart from just serving my immediate family. And so at the beginning, I mean, I wanted to serve with him in ministry, right? So in the beginning, especially before we had kids, um, I was able to do that. Just we he was a youth pastor. I'm discipling the girls. We're really in this together. It was fun. I felt very useful um, for the kingdom, for the local church, all of that. And then when I started having kids um, and I you know, was home with them, that's when I've, I don't know if I would even have called it jealousy. Even now, looking back, I don't know if it was, maybe it was, I don't know. But I mean, you do, you, you I'm not, I'm not taking part anymore in ministry hands-on like he was. He's really, like you said, I mean, taking people out to lunch. He's, he's doing all these amazing things. He's getting invited to, you know, meetings and planning and, and really, um, growing and being used. And there was a time where it was like, gosh, you know, I want to be doing that. Um, and so for me, I think it is recognizing like, okay, this is, we're talking about seasons again. This is a season, I'm all hands on right now with my little ones, and um, I wanted to throw myself into that, and I did with my little ones um but also finding ways to um make myself useful in the church what what can I do if it's involved in mops where there's child care and I'm serving other moms and the mothers of preschool ministry or whatever um so I, it's again, I feel like it's it's finding ways to make it work.
1: That's good. Well, so then my next question for you to follow that up then is: What do you do when that jealousy comes from not your spouse? And this is not about you dealing being jealous of each other, but you your ministry is successful or your work Mm -hmm. is becoming really successful, and the people in your life didn't anticipate that, and so you're feeling that maybe from a friend or another person who has a nonprofit or or something like that. Maybe you're, you, or you, I know for me, oh, she wrote the book I really wish I could write. Now, I'm not a writer, so girl, please. Sure. But, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we process the jealousy that yeah. comes with both our own success and those around us? And then, yeah, yeah. Then now we've gotten somewhere and now we're jealous of the people further along than us. Right.
0: I will say there have been some interesting dynamics that I've picked up on um, along the way in this journey. Mm -hmm. And it's always interesting who, like when Women in Work has a success, right? You know, something Mm -hmm. good happens, like we just hit our 20,000 downloads recently Mm -hmm. of the podcast. That was a big win for us. And just a celebratory, Mm -hmm. wow, I can't believe, like this is amazing. And I do find it very I don't know another word, interesting to see who's celebrating with me in that, right? And a lot of times, some of the people that have meant a lot to me in my past and in my life, who I expect to celebrate with me, are not celebrating with me. It's not that they're wow. coming at me and saying, I can't stand your ministry, or, <laughs> you know, they're not coming at me. But I think mm-hmm. their silence um, has spoken to me. And honestly, it, yes. it can be really hurtful. And I I kind of feel like I probably spend too much time thinking about that and too mm. much time kind of being hurt by that. And mm. I remember we interviewed um, Pastor J.D. Greer for the Women in Work Book Club. This was probably a mm-hmm. year or so ago now. And um, one of the things, one of the questions we asked him that has just I just, the Lord keeps giving me this answer time and time again. What the question was, um, how can women persevere in what God has called them when they, when they feel like you're not getting the support or there's hindrances or whatever. And um, he said, you know, he reminded us of uh, King David. Remember when Samuel went to Jesse and Mm -hmm. and God had told Samuel to go to Jesse and line Mm -hmm. up all the sons and that God was going to pick the king from that lineup of sons. And so you know he goes through all the sons, and he's like, nope, not him, not him, not him, not him. And Samuel's like, do you have another son? Because this is, God is not choosing any of these. And you know Jesse didn't even bother pulling David from the flock. David's right. out there tending sheep. He didn't even think David was even worth pulling in the lineup. Oh, look, right, <laughs> right. He didn't even count him as an option, basically, and. Wow and and that's the very one that God chose to use. And JD Greer mentioned that story and he said, "Listen, there's going to be people in your life who look at what how God is using you and they're going to be like, "What her? Her?
1: Mm-hmm. Like she's the
0: one God's using?" And I just think, "Okay, I you know, I'm just I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God is blessing this ministry in 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 ways and I and then so that gives me some peace of like when I don't see people celebrating with me that would mean so much if they were. I have to just say, well, I don't know what's going on with them. I I can't put motives on them, um, but I know I gotta keep moving forward. I I can't um, I can't get I can't not do what God's calling me to do because so and so is That's not good. celebrating my my wins, and it also is a really telling. It informs me of who to move forward with in life. Mm-hmm. These are relationships that obviously I can't invest in um, because they're, we're not on the same page, I guess, you know? Um, and
1: so these aren't, um, or that I can invest differently, differently. there you Like go. I can adjust how I invest and that's not cut somebody off, but yeah. yeah, maybe I need to not, maybe, maybe you honestly think one way about me that I thought differently. And so now I need to maybe adjust how I'm being with you and, Right. What I'm sharing with you. What I'm sharing
0: exactly. I mean, I'm not going to be sharing something I'm getting excited about with women in work with this person if you know. um, Yeah. yeah. And I also think that also kind of on the flip side of that is listening to criticisms. Um, Mm -hmm. Listening to the criticisms of people you know are for you, um, the ones who love you, are the ones you can count on. To you know, if they're if they're taking the risk to say, "Mm, I think you need to tweak this a little bit. Um, those are the people you can listen to. And, and mm-hmm. someone who's maybe not for you, you know, you don't, I don't know. It's tricky
1: to trust mm-hmm. like that. And how have you balanced your own heart when it comes to the people who you're like, Oh, she wrote that book. I will. I should be writing that book. Or, Oh, they invited her. I should have been the one. Invi- like they didn't think of me or, you know, you look on somebody's Instagram and they are doing the thing that you're like, Oh, my goodness! <laughs> I should be doing that
0: um yeah. no yeah i I just immediately trust the lord i I do not let myself dwell on that very long at all. I don't dwell yeah. on it, and you know what I do? I yeah. celebrate that woman, and I say, "Thank God, you know there is gonna be th- that woman is going to have listeners, she's going to have readers." that she uniquely is going to influence, yes. right? That I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach them, but you know what? She's going to reach them. And the way she says it is going to be exactly how those women needed to hear that. And so I'm going to step back and I'm going to celebrate her and I'm going to cheer her on. I mean, I might give her a platform here on women at work, right? Yes. Because I'm yes. cheering her on believing that I'm coming from, um, I guess what you would call like an abundance mindset. I'm not a scarcity mindset, because God, what I mean by that, don't don't I know what don't hear saying. what I'm not saying. Right. There's room for all of us. The kingdom, That's exactly <laughs> what I was
1: gonna say. There is so much room. Yeah, yes. there's so
0: much room. And just like we were talking about earlier, the uniqueness of of all of us plays a part in what God is doing. God knows exactly how He's wired you, Missy, how He's wired me, our unique talents and gifts and the way we say things and our unique experiences that shape us to say and do the things that we do are going to reach who he wants us to reach so I just have to cheer them on and trust the sovereignty of God that if he leads me to do x y and z the time is going to be right and I can't get ahead of him um but I also I can't that. get fearful and say oh look how good they did it I could never do it I, that's where mm-hmm. I go I think oh I could never do it that well I'm not going to try so I have to not lag behind either and say no when the time comes you be ready to step um so that's kind of how i think through it that's
1: awesome okay so then based on what you just said for women in work and besides meeting a need for women in this particular niche or space work what else do you think um has contributed to the success that you've seen so far with women in with this organization and I'm tipping my hat. I want you to partially say you (laughs) (laughs) because you, well, I, I guess going back to the, the former question, the question that we just had, like there's room for me to be successful for this, this organization to be successful and the Lord to use Courtney in that space. And it does not take from someone else. And that's what I mean with that. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, part of that answer is I hear you saying that. I mean, immediately when you said that, I, I keep thinking of the Women in Work team. We have mm-hmm. a, an amazing team of women who, I mean, I cannot get over the kindness of the Lord to bring these women Literally bring, bring these women, random yes. women emailing me them saying, bar, right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> random women I've never even met. Said, I, how can I serve in this ministry? I, and here's wow. my, and it's just like the exact thing we've been praying about and need. So it's astounding to me when we're praying and God says, here you go. So I have to give a shout out to the women in our team because <laughs> they I are agree. amazing. Yes, I do think too, Missy it's so interesting going back to the leadership question and um, all of kind of what we shared about before. I do think that not seeing myself as a leader, even though it sounds like a detriment Mm -hmm. (laughs) to a nonprofit, (laughs) 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 this isn't making logical sense here. (laughs) I do think because the kingdom of God operates on a paradox, right? What's up is yes. down and what's down is up. I yes, do we think, die,
1: we live, right?
0: <laughs> I do think the weakness, viewing my weaknesses, right? Acknowledging my weaknesses has caused me as a leader to be so utterly dependent upon the Lord for each and every last detail of this ministry. I think the Lord has really honored that. Um, yes, and I I was thinking about you know when Paul said you know I boast about my weaknesses. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Um, a lot of times we we think CEOs and all these strong leaders they don't talk about their weaknesses. They don't. They're not vulnerable because you got to display mm-hmm. strength. You got to display power. And definitely, I want to be a a competent leader. I want to be a leader mm-hmm. women can follow and trust in. Um, so Lord willing, I am that, but I know before Mm -hmm. the Lord, um, I know my weaknesses and, 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 and I'm like, Paul, man, I boast about these things because it's through these things that Christ's power is perfected in me. And I was just reading this morning in second Chronicles 26, um, which I mean, who's in, who's reading about King Uzziah this morning? (laughs) Me, I'm reading about King Uzziah and it's an amazing little tale because, the first part of the chapter is so promising it's like here's this king who i mean i think the verse i don't have it in front of me i wish i did but it's it's like i mean it literally says like the more he depended upon god the more success he had and yes. you know and god helped him and he became powerful and all these people were were rallying around him and his fame spread because god was it says wondrously helped him yes. until he became strong and then it says but when he became strong he grew arrogant and that arrogant led to his destruction. And so, and he literally, I mean, his destruction was a big one. You can read that in second Chronicles 20. Yes. And so yes. it's just like, I feel like that chapter even was reminding me again this morning, like here's a promise and guess what? Here's a warning. Right. And so I, we have to, to recognize that we have to be competent. We have to be competent, capable and what skilled in the job we have, but at the same time recognize the weaknesses and, Say, God, fill in this gap with your power. And so I think the Lord has been so kind to to give some favor in areas, um, you know, possibly because of that. I don't know. But it's definitely the team. The team, I mean, we couldn't do it, literally any yes. of this without these women.
1: So it's the team and um, the ability, the, le- the not being afraid to say I'm weak. And one more thing. In my
0: weakness, he is strong. Absolutely. One more thing I think that, we don't talk enough about in Christian spaces. I feel like I'm talking so much, Missy. I want you to interject.
1: (laughs) That's what interviews are. (laughs) I ask you questions and you answer them. (laughs) Is anybody
0: else out there like this, like, oh my gosh, like it's time for the other person to talk. Yes. The other thing, just this popped in my mind is, I I love thinking about this and I I want women to think about this. (laughs) Um, Is, is, the power that comes from walking in the spirit of God, right? We, a lot of times, especially Missy, you know, you, you work in an academic setting. A lot of the women who, who are drawn to women and work were, have solid theology. You love theology. You, you know, your Bible, right? Um, and so a lot of times we can really rest on the knowledge and think that I can move forward in this, I can do this thing because this is right. We a lot of rightness, <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of of pride in being right in the mm. theology, um, and not as much dependence upon the Spirit of God, right? And so, yes, I think it's both. It's, you have to have the the both. Um, I think the rightness puffs up, right? Because I know. I know the scripture. Mm. I know. And so um the humility is where the spirit of God has room to what is it? You know, God humbles um help me out. God opposes the proud but opposes gives grace. The proud and gives the race. So I'm mm-hmm. walking in the spirit of God and there's just so much power there he can use us. I mean, there are some really capable people in this on this planet. My husband is one of them. He is very Mm -hmm. capable and efficient, but how much more when the spirit of God comes in that capability, your, your fruitfulness just was multiplied a hundred times because now you're depending upon him and he is multiplying that in ways you literally could not pull off on your own. And so, um, I, I, we were in a season where when we at our last church, um, where our former pastor, this was one of his passions, was to talk about spirit-filled living, and he he called it living from the inside out. Right, mm. so the spirit of God is filling you up, and you are just overflowing out of that that strength from God. And so, I mean, even as I say that, I'm thinking of Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through through Christ who strengthens me. It's through Him, mm. I can do what He's put in front of me. I can be content in hard circumstances because actually. Christ, his spirit in me is strengthening me. Um, and so I just, that's just an under talked about thing, I feel like with Christian women, but it's the key. It's like everything.
1: You know what? I, I teach, I have said to my kids, having the Holy Spirit in our, like we as Christians have the Holy Spirit, but we don't operate like we have the Holy Spirit. Like, we're not praying and thinking and waiting and listening and not using the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, the only um, the the metaphor that comes to my mind when I was talking to the kids is like, it's like knowing you have access to millions in a bank account, and instead of just taking your debit card and getting it, you're at home shaking your change jar trying to get something. <laughs> Absolutely, you know? right. And so, here's these... I grew up with. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say I grew up with a mama who. She talks about the Holy Spirit like he's her best friend. Okay, <laughs> So well, that's the whole thing.
0: It's it's an awareness of the presence of God in your life, and yes. that's how He is with us. He is is with us through His Spirit, and um and the Spirit is a person. <laughs> it's a praise. He's so, a person.
1: So great. Um, and we need Him. Okay, so let me pivot okay. um just a little bit because I want to get a, one or two more in before we have to end. So when you start a nonprofit or you go out and get this job or you are, you feel like God has called you to a particular kind of work, but that particular work is not the type of work that may necessarily provide like your dream salary. Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe your financial security doesn't align with your gifting. So it does not provide significant income. Um, Like How do you, what is the balance between that by saying, okay, I'm going to take what you said. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to be create courageous. I mean, but then just straight up, we're adults. Like, (laughs) Jesus paid it all. I still have to pay the electric bill. (laughs) Exactly. Right.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, sometimes you're going to take jobs that you just, because you literally just have to pay the bills. I mean, when I was in Mm -hmm. seminary, Missy, this is before I got married. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had a job. And if, if any, I would love to know, like, women, y'all are going to have to shoot us a DM on, on the socials if if you work <laughs> there. But for any person listening to this who's possibly living in Louisville, Kentucky, when I was a student um, there, I would drive across the river to Indiana. There was a whole team of us. We would carpool together, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we worked, <clears throat> excuse me, it was called Unique Solutions. And basically, okay. it was a... um collection agency for libraries. Okay. <laughs> so every night we, it was in the evening. This actually exists. Uh-huh. Let's Google it. We would go and we'd put our little headsets on and we'd sit in our little cubicles from like five to 10 PM. Cause that's when people were uh-huh. home and supposedly would answer their phone. And you had to learn all the pronunciation for all these libraries across the United States. I mean, the Cuyahoga mm-hmm. Library, wherever that is, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember that one because it was hard to pronounce. And right. I would, eventually I did this in Spanish, right? Because I had that language. And so, I mean, for five hours a night, I was calling people in Spanish, asking them to return their library books. And so, wow. Again, like this wasn't something that... I'm no glamour, thinking, no zero glamour, zero. <laughs> I mean, you you felt like you're serving libraries, but this is definitely not like part of like God's grand design for me. Um, and so, like, there's just going to be times like you just got to take the job, you got to take mm-hmm. the retail job, you got to do whatever it is because that's just the season you're in. Um, but don't again, we kind of talk about this, like don't waste it, like be faithful in it, right. do it with excellence, mm-hmm. like honor the God and honor God in your work because um, we do all things unto Him right? All the things we do unto him. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, when we interviewed Jamie Ivey last year at the women in work forum, she said she did not even start her podcast until she was 35. And so, I mean, I didn't begin women in work until even after age 35. And so like, there's just time for you to be who God wants you to be. So take, take the job, pay the bills. Right.
1: I love that. Because there's this mindset that if I'm at 25, don't already have a plan and know what I want to do, then I'm in failure mode. And you're like, do you know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I, and it's not true. It's not true that God is constantly working out things in our lives, and He's even using all of those crazy jobs to drop something in us, to build muscles, to prepare us for whatever he has next in that next season. So I love that. Okay. Courtney, I can't believe that we are almost at an hour. We (laughs) had like, this is so much fun. This is, I genuinely have loved interviewing you. Okay. So before we close, what's next for women in work? All right, Missy, you know, we have
0: so much on our heart. There's like a million ways, literally (laughs) a million ways we want to serve women. Um, but what is coming? I'm, I'm excited. We've we've partially announced this a little bit last year, but we haven't, and we haven't fully gone there in the full launch yet. But what is coming next for Women in Work is a way that we are excited about, practically, practically, tangibly helping women step into their calling, and that is the Women in Work Scholarship. Missy, we are in the works right now <laughs> of forming a scholarship selection committee. And so hopefully by next March, so March of 2023, we are going to have an application process in order to where if there, if God is calling you to something and you just do not have the education for it yet, and you just need help financially to get there, um, we want to support you in that. And so our, my vision for this is really to see, to empower women. It's, it's to, Come around um, this woman who is called by God, who has this vision on her life and call on her life and rally around her, love her, have her, our whole community mm-hmm. get to, we're going to introduce our whole community, to this woman, we're going to get to know her, we're going to scholarship her, and we are going to champion her. And if we can help get her networked in her field, we just want to just send her off into her education on like the most amazing footing so she can just be all that God's called her to be. And then we're going to set, we're going to keep up with this woman. We're going to keep up with her. We're going to celebrate her wins. We're going to just encourage her along the way to be and do and learn all that God is calling her to. So the Women in Work Scholarship, look for that, You, you know, Lord willing, March of 2023, we're going to launch that application process. So
1: this, I mean, that is just so exciting. And personally, what an honor to be affiliated with something that wonderful.
0: Oh, thank like it you. Just, it's yeah. just
1: great. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud thank of you, you for that. Okay. As we close, Courtney, what is one piece of advice that you would leave with women who want to honor God through their vocational calling? Okay. Let me see. It's a tough one because I'm thinking of all the
0: answers, all the amazing answers we've heard on this one. So yes, we've heard some winners. I am going to say, although I've got like five answers in my head and I really do. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the most more important thing is... Um, is knowing the Lord Jesus and, and walking in step with him. We kind of talked about that, but it's so, uh, it's such a big thing I'm passionate about is because, I mean, I'm just thinking of even scripture coming to mind, you know, in John seventeen three, when Jesus is like praying, it's his high priestly prayer before he goes to the cross and he says, you know, and this is eternal life that they may know mm-hmm. you, um, and the one you sent. And so eternal Mm -hmm. life is, is, it's not just, okay, one day when we get to heaven, but, but the abundant life that he's called us to is actually knowing God himself and, Mm -hmm. um, and walking with him in a personal way. And, and women and work would not exist. I would not be in this vocational calling had it not been for me meeting with the Lord, hearing him speak to me through the scriptures in such a compelling way that his spirit really compelled me to take those steps. And so we all want to be doing what God wants us to be doing. And we're not going to have the wisdom. We're not going to have the assurance in our hearts, the peace in our hearts that, okay, no, this is actually what God has called me to. When the, when the trials come, when the circumstances of life are hard and we're questioning and we're doubting, is this what he called me to? Because everything's coming at me and it feels like this, probably isn't the path I'm supposed to be on. We're going to have that assurance and that peace because we've been sitting with Him, because He's whispering in our ear every single day from the scriptures. And so for me, that's like everything um, is, is just abiding in Him and knowing Him. And that's where we get our peace. That's where we get our power. That's where we get life that's that's the abundant life and so vocational calling is is wrapped up in that. I mean there's a lot of things in life that he empowers us for but definitely our work is is part of it. So I'm going to I'm just going to go say go have your quiet time. <laughs> and then do it <laughs> next day and do it again and keep on doing it.
1: Keep meeting with him. And also when we think of calling one of the things that is true is that God has not necessarily said to you clearly be a truck driver, yep. right? Yeah. But being a truck driver is fine as a call. Absolutely. And um, make burgers at McDonald's. But making burgers at McDonald's is fine as a vocational calling. And so I think we also have to give ourselves the grace that God allows us to do many things. Oh, absolutely. Many things. But we, the one thing we don't want to do is to be where he's telling us not to go. That's right. <laughs> and do what he's telling us not to do. So I love that, Courtney. Yeah. It's wonderful advice. And even if they're like really skilled in something...
0: Like, I mean, I, I'm even thinking about if you gain the whole world because you're amazing at it, but you've done it all in your own strength. I mean, the eternal benefit of that, what's it going to be? You know, like you, you can't forfeit, you can't forfeit your spiritual life on all these different things. So
1: anyway, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. It's been an extreme honor to interview you. This has been so much fun. I love you. I love you. This has been fun. I pray it'll be encouraging. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.net for today's show notes. There will be more information about today's conversation there.
0: And please take a minute to subscribe to our show and also give us a rating and review so more listeners can find us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time, friends.